Welcome to the Men's Global Livestream. If you have a Bible, I want you to hold a couple spots, two key passages, one in Matthew 5 and the other in Matthew 11. And I also want to encourage you to download the notes. You can click the button right there on your screen. Download the notes for a couple reasons. All the scriptures that you see on the screen are all there. All the fill-ins are there. But more importantly, um, you can experience today's global live stream, and then you can lead a group of men through the same study that we went through and multiply the fruit of today's session. So if you're joining us for the first time, we're in our new series called Overtaken. We're in part four, and that word overtaken uh, implies that a force or a feeling takes over a man. Jesus predicted that that would happen with his first followers and every follower after that, he predicted that the Holy Spirit would overtake, would come upon them and it would rock their private world, but it would actually rock the world, planet earth. And then as now and with every believer, since those first followers, the Holy Spirit has been overtaking the mind, heart, soul, bodies of men and influencing and rocking their private world. So our point in this series is that God wants to overtake your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then he wants to set you loose for kingdom impact. He wants to set the Holy Spirit loose in you, where you live, at home, where you work with your coworkers, right? Where you pray, at your church, where you play, you know, your communities, where you recreate and have fun and, and go to the gym. Why? Because God's Spirit in you is purposed to come through you to advance God's kingdom, right? And today we're going to look at the third way that the Holy Spirit works through God's man. And to get you thinking in the right direction, I want you to think of maybe helping a buddy move, right? Usually moves involve boxes and some boxes are lighter. And then there's those boxes that are just like, ah, be careful uh, with that one. And so what do you do when you get that one? You kind of, you kind of get your hands underneath it and then you sort of squat and you grab it and then you say to yourself, okay, I got this, right? And then you start to lift up that box, but then you realize really quickly, you don't have this, all right? When something is heavy, keyword for today's study, it's difficult for you to bear yourself, all right? Box, squat, lift, I got it. And then you're just like, oh, right? No, you don't. You don't have it. But how wonderful it is, right, when a second set of hands arrive, right? What was once heavy is not just manageable now, it's doable and it's movable, all right? So let's just agree together that lighter is better, all right? I want you to say that with me. Lighter is better, right? You can feel the weight shift because someone is in it with you. And that's kind of the key theme for today's study, all right? God says that everybody around you is carrying some form of burden, and guess what? They can't carry it alone. They think they can, they think they got this, but you know what they need? They need a second set of hands. They need a second person that will help them feel, listen, the joy and the relief of lightness. Remember, lighter is better, all right? Now, Jesus said on earth, before he redeems it, heaviness is constant and heaviness is everywhere. He said, in this world, you're gonna have tribulation, all right? Tribulation feels heavy, pressure, circumstances, right? Of a broken planet with broken people, lots of injustice, disease, circumstances, situations, delays, difficulty, distresses that weigh people down. So when people are constantly experiencing the heaviness of an imperfect world and a broken planet and selfish people and injustice, right? You know what's really rare and powerful is choosing 
to make someone's burden lighter, right? When you're used to heaviness, light is rare and powerful. And in the, the places and the spaces that you occupy, right? In your unique context, that's uniquely connected to you. God's spirit is saying to us, God's man, make it lighter, right? Light is different. Heaviness is constant, all right? So here's where we're headed in today's study. We're gonna see the Holy Spirit at work in the words and ways of Jesus as he interacts with those first following men, right? And we're gonna put ourselves in their shoes because their shoes because we're followers, right? And there's a couple of instances, one in Luke 22 and one in Matthew 5 that we're going to unpack, all right? And then we're going to look at ways that a spirit-empowered man makes other people's loads lighter. All right? So let's first look at these two instances where Jesus is talking about how God's spirit in him and how it will be in his men and what it's going to look like. All right. The first one is in Luke 22, where you, you come into this situation. Here's, here's the situation. We'll just read the passage. They, they were bickering over who of them would end up the greatest, but Jesus intervened. Quote, Kings like to throw their weight around and people in authority like to give themselves fancy titles. It's not going to be that way with you. Let the senior among you become like the junior. Let the leader act the part of the servant. Who would you rather be? The one who eats the dinner or the one who serves the dinner? You'd rather eat and be served, right? But I've taken my place among you as the one who serves. If you have the downloaded notes circle, it's not going to be that way with you. Jesus is contrasting broken male culture of his time, right? Which position, power. When you have position and power, you're the one who's being served, right? And Jesus says, not going to be that way with you guys, all right? You have a new identity, and that new energy inside of you, right, is going to lead to a new expression, doesn't mean you're not going to have power or authority, all right? It's just that kingdom power and kingdom authority does not look like earthly power and earthly authority. Let me say that one more time. Really, really important. Kingdom power and kingdom authority does not look like earthly power and earthly authority, right? And Jesus demonstrates that himself. He says, you'd rather eat and be served, right? Earthly power, earthly authority, right? Has earned that spot. Now people serve them, all right? But Jesus says, but I've taken my place among you as the one who serves. So you have the servant king? Yes. Kingdom power and kingdom authority give you power and authority to serve other people. And you have power and authority to rise up over and above broken culture, selfish culture, self-serving culture, self-indulgent culture, self-protecting culture in the power and authority of the Holy Spirit. And that's kingdom power and authority that allows you to serve. And Jesus models it, right? He's their rabbi. He's their savior. He's their Lord. He's their king. He's their Messiah. What is rabbi, Lord, king, and Messiah doing? He's making the load lighter for other people. Why? Because he has kingdom power and kingdom authority and kingdom purpose. All right. Really important to see that. That was a culture shift for his first followers. It's a culture shift now. But if you're God's man and you're filled with God's spirit, we don't act like culture. We act like Christ. So when we're among people, what are we doing? We're making their load lighter. All right, let's look at the second instance here. He's also talking to his followers in Matthew 5 in the Sermon on the Mount. And he says this, quote, You've heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, 
Do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn uh, to him the other also. And if someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if someone and if someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. All right? Now, Jesus used these powerful teaching techniques. He's, he's speaking right into the mindset of the day. And the mindset of the day for men in Jesus's culture is somebody hurts you, 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 you hurt him back, man. Someone hits you, you hit him back, right? Someone tries to take something from you, you hold on to it, all right? If a Roman soldier, which was custom for the time, has the right to ask you to carry his, his pack for a mile, which was in operation and law in Jesus' time and day, Jesus says, okay, yeah, go with him one mile. Take him a second mile, right? And if someone asks you for something, don't turn away from them. Give them the whole enchilada, all right? Go beyond, all right? And if this sounds unusual, right, it's on purpose. It sounded unusual to them. What's the common denominator? These behaviors for that time are not natural. Why? Because they're super natural, right? There's, there's things that, that people got upset about. They wanted to get back, get theirs, keep their rights. And Jesus says, in those instances, when you want to get yours, all right, make it easy for another person to get theirs. It's totally counterintuitive. Why? Because it's the kingdom thing versus a cultural thing. Make a note of that somewhere. When God's spirit is inside of a man, when the spirit of Christ is operating, he doesn't do the natural, fleshly, cultural thing. He does the kingdom thing. And when he does the kingdom thing, people take notice. It's totally different, all right? And let's unpack that. Let's see the contrast, all right, that they're feeling and that they're experiencing, right? So. Let's look at the first contrast. It's expected actions versus unexpected actions, all right? That's what you see. People expect people to try to get revenge. People expect people to punch them back, all right? And I'm not saying, you know, let people walk all over you, but when you have opportunity, man, don't, don't feed into the flesh and fleshly reactions, all right? Do the kingdom thing, right? So there's expected actions and unexpected actions, all right? What else is different? Number two, write this down. There's natural reactions versus supernatural reactions. I love that if someone forces you to go one mile, go with him too. I mean, just imagine the scene. You're a Roman soldier, all right? You have the authority by your king, your Caesar, to stop a Hebrew and say, carry this for a mile. And they have to do it, right? At the risk of punishment if they refuse to do it. So you're cruising along and, you know, all right, it's about a mile. And he's like, all right, you know, he goes, all right, all right, I'll take my back. Or it's like, all right, I know this is a mile. Here you go, right? And then can you imagine the scene where a Roman soldier is just walking along with somebody and the, the, the Hebrew says, no, I'm good. Let's go too, right? That's a, not a natural reaction, right? The natural reaction is get this thing off of me, you oppressor, you know, right? Does that mean that because he's walking a second mile that he's pro-Rome or pro-oppressor? Not at all. He's pro-kingdom because he's doing it to elicit a, a curiosity and a response from the soldiers. Like, what, what, what's going on, right? All of those things that Jesus describes, 
are so counterintuitive that it would elicit like, wait, what, what, in, what is up with you? What has gotten into you? Why are you doing this? And that's where you really see the power of the Holy Spirit in someone, okay? Third, we see usual selfishness versus unusual selflessness, all right? That's the third thing that you see. So there's expected actions and unexpected actions. There's natural reactions and supernatural reactions. And then third, you see usual selfishness versus unusual selflessness, right? Do you notice in each of the situations where the, per the common denominators, you're making it easy for the other person to do what it is that they're doing, all right? And it's, it's so unusual, but you're making it easy for another person to take what they want. You're making it easy for another person to get what they want. You're making it easy for another person to, but in, in letting the rope out and making it easy for them to continue to do what they're doing, Jesus is implying, hey, you know what? that's gonna create a curiosity, that's a kingdom thing. That's, it's like, you're not bent on your rights. And actually, you're giving up your right to strike back, your right to, to elicit another response, right? You're gonna take an action that's gonna elicit another response, something that's just gonna throw them off, all right? So when you look at the two columns, expected actions, natural reactions, usual selfishness, and unexpected actions, supernatural reactions, and unusual selflessness. Question for you, which column best describes you? What would the people around you say, right? Having looked and looked at those two, two columns, they would say, oh yeah, Bill fits that category, Paul fits that category, Craig fits that category, right? Martin fits that category, right? The one on the right. Unexpected actions, supernatural reactions, unusual selflessness, based on what? Who you used to be before Christ came into your life, how you used to act before the Holy Spirit overtook your life and your actions. You see, guys, we live in a world right now that really needs a clear message sent by spirit empowered men. And we've got opportunities all around us, right? To do the unexpected, to do the supernatural, to be unusually selfless. What message are you sending? What would best describe you? Because the clear message that Jesus is pointing to when he says, it's not gonna be that way with you. And he points out all these cultural situations where you could act one way or you could do the kingdom thing which is totally unusual and rare, the clear message is this, write this down, higher forces are at work, right? They're wondering, okay, where's this coming from? What's driving this? What has gotten into you? What has overtaken this other person who I never expected to act that way, who's acting unnaturally and who's not acting selfishly? You got it? That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit, you know, makes people go, whoa, that was unusual. I'm not used to that. That's not normal. Yeah, it's not normal because it's supernatural. The Holy Spirit inside of you, advancing God's kingdom and God's kingdom purposes, you're gonna do some wildly different things and people are gonna go, that's not like him, right? So there's the foundation. There's Jesus talking about our new identity in him, our new power to be different and to do different things, and how that influences uh, people. And it's not because we're trying to uh, be great in ourselves. We're trying to draw attention to the kingdom. These are kingdom behaviors, right? So now let's look, let's get real practical, all right? There's the foundation. We're gonna do some different stuff. We're gonna reduce people's loads. We're gonna serve people. In each of those instances, we're gonna, you see that it's, it's the, our, 
our commission from God to make things easier for other people, right? To help them feel lighter in what they're trying to accomplish or in what's going on uh, in the situation, all right? Lighter is better. Now let's look at some practical stuff. We're going to start by looking at Matthew chapter 11 and look at Jesus himself, his identity and how he describes himself. And then we're going to draw a conclusion and look at some powerful examples. All right. Matthew 11 verses 28 through 30. Just Jesus talking. He says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Look at this last line. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. All right? So you see Jesus asking questions of people that he know, already knows the answers to. Right? You don't ask, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion, unless people he knows are tired, they are worn out, and they're burned out on religion. All right, Man's best attempts to reach God. Right, And so what's his solution? Well, come to me. Right, Be with me. And guess what you'll experience when you come to me and you get away with me. You're going to experience real relief, real rest. Walk with me, work with me. All right. I'm not going to lay anything heavy on you. In fact, you're going to, you're going to feel lighter. You keep company with me and, and guess what you experience living freely, right? And lightly. Oh, wow. So here's the connection to you. That was Jesus. You're a follower of Christ. Jesus lives in you, right? Jesus makes other people feel lighter when they're around him. Jesus lives in you. Question, do the people you keep company with and walk with feel freer and feel lighter? That's convicting, right? But again, this is Jesus. Jesus lives in us. Jesus lives in you. People are with Jesus. They feel freer and they feel lighter. How do people feel around us? Like when you walk into the room in your house, do people feel heavier because of your presence or lighter? Like it's like, ah, Craig's here. Or ah, put your name in there. So-and-so's here. Or do they feel oppressed? and like heavy, all right? Really important question, right? We gotta work this out because the Holy Spirit inside of God's man, right? Releases captives, relieves pain, and reduces the loads of people to help them feel lighter. How do I know that? Because that was Jesus. Jesus lives in me. Jesus lives in you. Jesus makes people freer and lighter. We, men of God, when we're among people, where we live, where we work, where we pray, where we play, doesn't matter. Do people feel lighter in our presence? We have to work that out, but we need to see that that's what Jesus wants to do. So now let's look specifically. I'm going to give you four ways that spirit-empowered men make others feel lighter. And the first way is through presence to disperse heaviness. Remember how we talked about someone lifting a box, all right? You lifting a box and you're like, I got this. No, I don't have it, right? It's too difficult to bear yourself. But then the second set of hands arrive, which makes it manageable and movable, right? Because it's lighter, lighter is better, okay? That's what presence does, right? People are in it alone, it feels heavy, whoop. The second person comes into the mix, all right? All of a sudden, the heaviness is now not located unilaterally on one person. It's dispersed between two, which makes half the weight shift, okay, onto the other person, all right? That happens supernaturally when God's man, filled with the Holy Spirit, comes into the situation to help reduce a load, 
And we see an example of this in a wonderful God's man named Titus. Talks about him in 2 Corinthians 7, verses 5 through 7. Listen to kind of the situation and then watch how Titus comes into the situation. All right. This is the Apostle Paul writing. He says, when we arrived in, Macedon the, in Macedonia province, we couldn't settle down. The fights in the church and the fears in our hearts kept us on pins and needles. We couldn't relax because we didn't know how it would turn out. Circle this word on the notes. Then, the God who lifts up the downcast lifted our heads and our hearts with the arrival of Titus. Wow, I would like to have that written in the Bible about me. We were glad just to see him, but the true reassurance came in what he told us about you, how much you cared, how much you grieved, how concerned you were for me. I went from worry to tranquility in no time. Wow, you get that picture, right? You have a burdening situation, an anxious situation, a fighting situation, a fearful situation, right? Couldn't relax, pressure, oppression. And then the God who lifts up the downcast, right? Why are they downcast? Is because they have heaviness on, lifted our heads and our hearts with the arrival of Titus. Man, every man listening to the sound of my voice would love to have their name in Titus's spot. Right? And then you see what he does. He brings gladness. He brings reassurance. He brings words. He, he gives them good news, right? And all of a sudden, the heaviness and worry turns into lightness and tranquility, right? Titus's presence disperses heaviness. Question for you. What does your presence do? I asked it before when you come into a situation, right? Would people be able to say that of you? Man, I'm so glad that person came and I was feeling heavy, but when they come into my situation, I feel lighter, right? Just know, man of God, the Holy Spirit in you wants that to happen through you. Titus was a spirit-empowered follower of Jesus. And he's doing this with believers, by the way. Believers who are working, believers who are serving, but you know what, it's not limited to believers in any space, in any place where your physical presence is, you can disperse heaviness and we know it's already there. Why? Because this world puts heaviness on people, this unredeemed, broken, unjust world and the circumstances this unredeemed world puts on people creates heaviness. And it's the context for the man of God coming in through his very presence and bringing lightness into the situation, all right? I'm gonna ask you again, do people feel in your presence lighter or heavier? Holy Spirit presence, right, is a presence that disperses heaviness. Number two, the Spirit-empowered man makes others feel lighter through providing what lifts heaviness, all right? Listen to this simple word from God in James chapter two, and just take it personal, all right? If you're a brother, this is addressed to you. If a brother or a sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm, and be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead being by itself, all right? So you see a situation that's creating heaviness and someone in, comes into it and says, oh, I, I feel for you. I, I want you to have peace, be warm, be filled. But you don't give people what's necessary in that situation, all right? That's a dead faith. Your faith is meaningless right? It's not real faith at all. Why? Because faith sacrifices to, to fill the hold. You see that providing what's needed lifts the heaviness, right? When someone's burdened by a need, right? Weighed down, burdened, all right? How do we unburden them? Well, you unburden them by meeting that need. Now the burden is lifted, right? So 
A spirit-empowered man makes others feel lighter through dispersing heaviness, but more practically through providing what lifts heaviness, right? Meeting a need, all right? Number three, the spirit-empowered man makes others feel lighter through praying God's word into the heaviness, all right? Remember, everybody around you feeling heaviness, right? Jesus is a lifter. Jesus is in you, all right? Listen to how God's word comes into play here, right? With prayer. In Ephesians 6, it says this, God's word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. So it's combining the two, God's word and prayer, both essential. Pray for your brothers and sisters, keep your eyes open, keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out, okay? In a world full of heaviness, you've got spirits impacted, people's motivation, people's energy, right? Being weighed down, brought low, right? Versus kept up. And what's this passage saying? You got God's word and you have prayer. Both are essential in this battle, right? Of heaviness versus lightness, devil versus Holy Spirit. And then there's you, the agent of lightness, all right? So how do we put those two together? Well, you have a situation creating heaviness, you know that people are experiencing heaviness. Maybe they might even share. You say, how's it going? And they share a situation that's creating heaviness or burden, right? What do you say? I'll tell you what you say. You say, can I pray for you? And then what do you pray? Well, you pray what God says. Here's an example, all right? People in their heaviness sometimes, because it brings them down, their spirits are low versus up, right? messes with their perception of things, clouds their thinking, right? Creates all these negative feelings and they think their feelings are the facts when they're not, all right? But the facts are found in God's word, all right? So someone thinks a situation is impossible, you declare God's word in that situation. You pray with that person. God, your word says with man, this is impossible but with God, all things are possible. So I don't know how you're gonna work this out, but I know you're bigger than the situation affecting my friend. And so we give this situation to you and we ask you to do the impossible, do what only you can do. That's how you pray God's word into the heaviness. You see, you may not be able to provide what's needed or disperse heaviness through your presence, but guess what? You know somebody who can. Yeah, most of the situations, you're not gonna be able to help immediately or physically or practically. You can't fix it, you can't change, you can't throw pixie dust over it, but you know what you have? The most powerful weapon, access to God. You can talk directly to God. You, you can call down his promises and what he says, right? And when you call down what God already says and what he already wants to do, right? You have what you ask. That's what the Bible teaches. And so God's already wanting to get involved in this situation, but he's letting you participate and agent his involvement. And what's the net result of that? It's people's spirits, instead of being down, they come up, right? Instead of feeling burdened and heavy, they feel unburdened and they feel lighter all through prayer. Why? Because you're taking them to God. You're, you're declaring what God himself says. And I don't care what the circumstance is that someone's in, God's bigger, right? The problem is heaviness brings our head down and we only look at what's going on around us. Prayer shifts our focus and lifts our head like Titus did in that passage that we read. And all of a sudden people go, oh my gosh, there's God. When there's God, there's possibility. And when God speaks, there's we can declare what God speaks. And when we declare what God speaks, that's what God wants to do. And if God wants to get involved and that's what he wants to do, he can do what he says he wants 
to do. Men, it's simple. All around you today, people are, people are in need. They're burdened. And all you have to say is, hey, man, how's it going? I mean, you, you doing good? Everything okay? And then they'll share a heaviness, okay? They'll share a problem. They'll share an obstacle. Or, and your response needs to be, can I pray for you? I've never been rejected. I've never had anyone say in my 39 years of walking with Jesus, no, I don't want you to pray for me, especially when they're feeling heavy, okay? So just know that you're gonna get a 100% response if you're sincere and normal and not goofy or weird, right? You listen, ask some questions, and then you just like, you know what I really wanna do for you? I, can I pray about this? I. I don't know that I have the resources to fix what's going on, but I just really feel like God wants to show you his power. And then say what God says. Pray God's word into that, that situation. God makes promises. God says things. God says he can use all things. Um, and that assumes that you've got a few promises in here. You, you know God's word. You know what Jesus says, right? So pray God's word into the heaviness. Look at what it says in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your right. Did you see the language there? Right? Prayer reshapes worry. God's presence comes into a situation. God's presence, the presence of Christ in you and through you, displaces and disperses worry at the center of a life. Could be your life, could be the life of someone else, could be the life of a friend at the gym right? So when people panic, God's man goes to prayer, right? Panic uh, is dispersed through prayer. Burdens are dispersed and become lighter through prayer. Why? Because we're getting God involved, all right? There's the ultimate set of hands, but you're the second set of hands that helps another person put it all in the best set of hands, which is God's, all right? So, we got the Holy Spirit presence is a presence that disperses, right? A presence that lifts, a presence that prays God's word into it. And then fourth, a spirit-empowered man makes others feel lighter through providing insight to reduce heaviness, all right? So sometimes people's physical issue you can't resolve. For them. People's emotional issue, you can't resolve. For them. But you can certainly pray and you can provide insight. You can provide truth, right? That, that helps make them feel lighter and reduces heaviness, all right? Look at what it says in Proverbs chapter 2. Let's read that together. For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the path of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Then you will understand what is right, just, and fair, and you will find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will fill you with joy. Wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. Right? When heaviness is present, just assume cloudiness because heavy circumstances, heaviness creates feelings, negative feelings. Negative feelings cloud, right, our understanding and we feel confused. Did you follow that? Heaviness, cloudiness, confusion, right? Because when you're, things are cloudy, you can't see. But you know what cuts through the heaviness, wisdom, and clarity, right? And a lot of times people in their situation, they're feeling too heavy. They're bogged down. They're downcast. They're looking down. They're confused and they're cloudy until your presence comes 
right? And you provide some insight, some wisdom, right? Which changes their emotional weather system, all right? Wisdom lifts the confusion, right? When there's wisdom and clarity, it, it lifts cloudiness and confusion. So that's why we love wisdom. And guess what? God, it says God loves to grant wisdom, right? From his mouth come knowledge and understanding, right? That's the insight that people need. They need to hear God's insight into their situation. When they feel heavy and like things are fatal and final, you're there to say God's bigger than this situation. And when God's involved, it's not, nothing's fatal and nothing's final. So don't make decisions out of that. Let's make decisions. Let's find out what God says about this. And we're going to, we're going to trust him and let's get some of God's wisdom. You know, this book right here, this is the greatest book ever. Every word in it is true. Every principle in it is true. It's perfect. It's the, it, it gives us the answers to the meaning of life and the issues of life. This is wisdom. And the Bible says to seek it, to hold on to it like, like gold, like a, like a treasure, right? Why? Because then you can share it. And with people who are in heavy situations, you can bring God's wisdom to the table and the confusion and cloudiness that, that can turn, that, that turns to clarity and lightness, man, wisdom. When you're like, Oh, okay. I, I couldn't see that before, but now I see it. You ever had an experience like that? You're like, Oh my gosh, it's just a perspective. Truth cuts through lies and deception. And in this battle, of lightness versus heaviness, Satan wants heaviness. Why? Because it creates confusion and negative feelings and cloudiness and lostness, all right? God wants lightness, and he brings lightness through his people who know his word and can deliver his wisdom, which makes for clarity, and when you have clarity, you have hope and direction and purpose and perspective. Thank God. So many times when I've been confused and all stuck in my feelings, a brother comes in and he goes, that's not what God's word says. And he reminds me of God's word. He speaks God's word. And that cuts through the confusion and lies and deception and feelings with reality, right? God's word speaks to reality. What he says is the truest thing about anything in any moment, in any situation, at any time. And he wants to use us to bring it. Now, the Bible strongly encourages people taking counsel, right? And people agenting counsel. Look at what it says in Proverbs 19.20. It says this, take good counsel and accept correction. That's the way to live wisely and live well, all right? If you want to live foolishly and bad, don't accept counsel. There are people who are burdened with heaviness and they're making their choices out of feelings and they're living foolishly, making decisions out of feelings and living badly. All right. Because your feelings aren't the facts. Okay. But if you want to live wisely and well, people need counsel and they need to accept counsel, but we need people in our lives to give counsel. Right? Aren't you glad for wise people? I'm so glad. Save me from myself. Save me from so much foolishness. Gave me perspective, right? When I was feeling heavy or lost or confused, all right? So we see that when the Holy Spirit is present in God's man, and that God's man is in a situation, his mission is to convert heaviness to lightness. How? By physical presence. Right? You make people feel lighter through physical presence. Two, two hands, two sets of hands disperses the heaviness that was residing only in one. We also do it by praying God's word into heaviness. We do it by providing insight and counsel, all right? And we provide what lifts heaviness. Now, this whole thing about going the second mile, right? doing the unusual, the unexpected, the supernatural, right? To make things easier for another person, to do the kingdom thing, the unusual thing, the rare and powerful thing, when people are usually selfish, all right? 
That assumes one thing, and there's a warning that I just want to say to every man that's listening to me, all right? And this is the warning, all right? Going that second mile, doing that unusual, unexpected thing, here's the assumption. It assumes that you have gone the first mile. Write that down, all right? Going the second mile assumes you've walked the first mile. Now, here's where I want to go with this, all right? When you have people directly connected to you, wives, children, homes, consider that the first mile of service and making, do people feel light or heavy in your first mile? Okay. Cause I would say just because I'm married and you know, I have kids that sometimes it's easier to do the unexpected and serve people in the second mile, people outside my first mile, all right? But here's what happens, men. When you are doing second mile service to the neglect of your first mile people, right? Your family, your wife, your children, that sours your first mile people to the second mile work that you do. And I know that there are thousands of men listening to my voice right now all over the world. And it's easier for you to help someone who doesn't know you as well as your family does. Right? And when you serve other people so well and you don't serve your family or those closest to you, maybe you don't have a family, but maybe you have close friends or blood family that you don't serve well, all that stuff that you're doing to try to make others loads lighter, it's negated because they're like, he's great out there with all those people and he's great at church and he's great serving, you know, in this ministry or whatever, but at home, where's that guy? Or with us, all right, those closest to him, where is that person, okay? And Jesus had strong words for people who were super religious and were doing a lot of good religious things, but they didn't practice what they taught in the most important place. In fact, in Matthew 23, he addresses men like that. He says this, for they don't practice what they teach, right? Matthew 23, verses three and four, okay? He says, for they don't practice what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. Okay, so the Holy Spirit in a man, he releases captives, he relieves pain, he reduces loads, all right? But if he's not doing that in his first mile of service with, with the people right next to him, right? And instead jumps and pull vaults over the first mile people into second mile service for others who are not as closely connected to him, won't lift a finger to ease the burden in the first mile, man, that really attacks the integrity. And, and Jesus doesn't want you to do that. So there's my warning. There's the warning of scripture. There's the warning of Jesus, right? He wants us to have spiritual integrity. So as we look at ourselves and helping others feel less heavy, right, and more light, Look in your start in your first circle and ask yourself, when I'm with them, do they feel lighter? And if you're good there, man, go crazy. Go into the spaces and places outside of your first circle, your first mile. Go into those spaces and do that. Now it has integrity, right? You're actually practicing what you're doing in your own first circle, right? In your family or just with those really close to you, all right? So as we've done in each of the first three sessions, we're gonna do it here. We're gonna now go to the Holy Spirit, right? Go to the force that Jesus says is, is purposed to overtake us and use us. And here's the thought before we go to prayer. Jesus unburdens us, right? Remember, Jesus in Matthew 11, feeling worn out, feeling tired. Come to me and you're gonna live freely and lightly. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Jesus lives in you. 
which means that when people are around you, people should be living freer and definitely living lighter. So let's go to prayer. We're going to put the prayer on the screen and let's pray together as a community of men filled with the Holy Spirit who wants to do what the Holy Spirit intends to do through us. Okay, let's pray together. Holy Spirit, just say it, Holy Spirit, thank you for helping me to feel unburdened spiritually by Jesus. It feels amazing to know that my personal load of guilt and sin has been lifted by him and replaced with a feathery blanket of forgiveness and hope. There are no words that properly express my gratitude. Thank you for continuing to carry and lighten my burdens in my fight with sin, to ease my struggle, to make sense of my circumstances, and to reduce my anxieties over the future. In this moment, I accept the mission to do the same in the lives of others. Help me to clearly see the borders of where my abilities end and yours begin. Help me to see the simple ways I can be used to alleviate the heavy loads people are carrying through providing what's missing, supplying insight, affording opportunities to pray, or simply making myself available. You are the one who does all the heavy lifting. Lord, I am your servant. Help me start lightening the load in my own first mile responsibilities. And then move me to the second mile for people I can help. I pray now for the, the burdened around me. In Jesus' powerful name, and God's men said, Amen. Amen. So God wants to use you. He wants to set you loose in your world. And now, as we leave this study, keep your eyes open, right? In your first mile and in your second mile, he's going to give you doors of influence to walk through and lift the burdens of those in your life. God bless you, and we'll see you next week.